0: easier, and with less effort. Are you ready to step into a life of abundance? Join me Friday, May the 31st for my free money mindset workshop. To sign up for your free place, visit cannycrystalsacademy.co.uk forward slash workshop. Ready to pop the question? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Canny Crystals, the podcast. As you know by now, my name is Mart, I'm your host, and just before we get going with this episode, I'm sat here right now and it has just started snowing. Like, actual snow. Oh, Anyway, Don't forget, today is the last day for Black Friday deals. If you haven't already, where have you been? They'll all end at midnight, Friday the 1st of December. So if you're listening to this pod after that date, then I'm sorry, but you snooze, you lose. I've got 30% off everything site-wide at cannycrystals.co.uk. Simply input the code, which is Black Friday 30 at checkout. So when you spend over £30, you'll get a huge 30% off everything. That's a massive saving. So if you bought like Moldavite that was £100, you'll get it for 70 It's an amazing deal. Anyway, I've also got 50% off everything except for Manifest With Marts or anything else at cannycrystalsacademy.co.uk and you just use the code Black Friday 50 for that one and that's across all workshops, all courses, me Manifesting Money Masterclass, me Achieving Your Goals Workshop, 50% off them all. So get yourselves on there. I just had to get that out the way because it ends tonight. Like I say, it ends at midnight And something else that ends today as well is the early bird price for my Achieving Your Goals workshop on the 1st of January at 7pm. The ticket prices will be rising tomorrow. So today is the last day to lock them in at that early bird price. We're going to be taking a look at 2024 and figuring out exactly how to get you living your best life over the next 12 months you'll also get access to an exclusive subliminal, a live meditation, and a downloadable workbook for filling out as we go through everything on the night. But don't worry, if you can't join us on New Year's Day, go and buy it anyway, because the recording will be accessible to you forever once you purchase, and it'll stay in your Academy login so that you can access it whenever and wherever you like. I'm very, very excited about this. I've started writing the workshop content this week, and I'm so excited to join you all on New Year's Day to thrash through our goals in 2024 and just to manifest the life of our dreams. Anyway, I'm fresh back from London this week because I had three days, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday last week in London, where I had such a cool little manifestation, actually. So I went down to Wembley. It was basically a conference about business where I'd bought these access all area tickets a few months ago. And then Fern Cotton was announced as one of the keynote speakers. So they were advertising it as dinner with speakers on the first night. So obviously, I was as wet as an otter's pocket. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have dinner with Mo Gowdart and Fern Cotton. So I've been telling everyone, you know, I'm having dinner with Fern Cotton. So when I got there, I met up with one of my friends, Hayley, and we went for a coffee before dinner. And random fact, but Starbucks takeaway cups. They're actually made with pea fiber, so I can never bloody go there with my pea allergy. So I went to Costa instead, and I asked for an oat milk latte. I'm also lactose intolerant. It's amazing to be me, really, isn't it? Anyway, I had one sip, and within seconds, my lips were absolutely tingling. My throat started to close up. My eyes started to itch just off this one sip. I was having a full-blown allergic reaction to whatever was in my coffee. So, my business bestie, Hayley, she went up to the counter and she asked if she could have a look at the oat milk that they'd used. And the one I had drank actually had pea protein and chickpea fiber in it. Who would have thought shit like that is now even in milk, of all things? So, anyway, we had to run off back to the hotel so I could grab my medication and I know I should have had it with us. I'm getting slapped wrists off everyone, I can tell. And I sat in the hotel bar, sipping on my £8 pint of lemonade. Yes, you heard that right. £8 pint of lemonade. You need a bank loan to drink in London, don't you? But anyway, after this, we went up to our rooms to get ready. And I came downstairs with me little gift box for Fern with a letter, you know, asking her to come on the podcast. And we went in to dinner and I was told that Fern hadn't responded to the dinner request. So all this time, I've been telling everyone that I've ever met that I was having dinner with Fern Cotton, and I actually had dinner with Sandra from Birmingham. Anyway, I found out from the program that we were given that Fern was going to be on stage last across the two days. So I was there on the Wednesday evening. Fern was going to be speaking last on the Friday and because she was on at the very, very end, it wasn't ending until seven o'clock, I was probably going to miss some of her talk because we would have to leave early to get back to King's Cross for the train, all that drama. So I just thought, well, I can't be having that. And off I went back to my hotel room thinking about how stressful Friday was going to be for me to attempt to see Fern talk, catch a chat with her afterwards, catch a photo, and then dash across London for me train. I even almost considered staying an extra night when I found this out. But anyway, to cut a long story short, I just thought, I'm going to stay positive. Somehow, it'll all work out in the end. They might bring a forward or something like an hour so that we can get to do like a bit of a Q&A afterwards. But anyway, I just kind of released any tension that I was putting on this situation. And guess what happened? The next day of the conference, so the Thursday, we got to the afternoon break, and I overheard someone say in the toilets that the keynote speakers had been switched around for Thursday and Friday. And that Fern was now actually in the building. I was like, what? So I went back to my seats and I was like, guys, guess what? Fern is apparently speaking now. And everyone was like, no way. I truly manifested that. And Jude, my life coach, she was raging because Mo Gaudat was supposed to be on the Thursday. And that would mean that, you know, we would have to miss some of his chat instead of Fern's. And that's basically what she had gone for. She was like really there for Mo Gaudat. So I ran up to my hotel room in this break. And I mean ran. I thought, this is my shot. I need to get back to my seat with my gift box and see Fern and somehow get it to her. So we went into the next part of the conference and the guy speaking was like, a little bit of a change of the running order now. So it was true. I'd manifested switching the order of the speakers around somehow. Don't ask us how, but I know it was me. So anyway, Fern came on the stage and she gave an amazing talk, you know, as I'd imagined that she would. And You know, it was all about spirituality, mental well-being, happiness, finding contentment. And then the floor was open to ask questions. So a couple of people asked questions. And I just thought, you know, you've got to shoot your shot in these situations. So I whacked my hand up to ask a question. Didn't have a clue what I was going to ask. So as the microphone was handed to me, Fern went, "'Where do I know you from? You look so familiar.'" So I was like, "'Oh my God, Fern, I met you at Happy Place Festival.'" And straight away, she was like, oh my God, so nice to see you. And you've got the Crystals podcast. How did she remember? It's so nice that she did though. So I just thought, I don't have a clue what question I'm going to ask you. So I just came out with, I've got a present for you. Please, could I give it to you? And she came down off the stage. She gave us a hug. Everyone was recording it. I got the video. Absolutely loved it. Mind you, I am glad that I took that chance and did that. Because the second her slot ended, she was off like a shot. As soon as it ended, I ran downstairs because I thought, oh, I bet she's in reception or something. But she'd already got in the taxi and she'd already left. So yeah, I manifested seeing Fern in full as well as being able to give her me little gift. And then the next morning, I woke up to a little DM from her as well, which was super, super cute and I absolutely loved. And it said something like, thank you so much for your sensational gift. Absolutely loved reading your letter too. Thank you so much. I was gobsmacked. I got a DM from Fern Cotton. And something else, I don't know if this is because of Fern, but I also had an email just yesterday asking if I was up for a meeting about a talk at Happy Place Festival next year. Now, this is amazing for me because I applied for this after going to the last Happy Place Festival back earlier this year with uh, Francesca Amber and Emma Mumford. And I thought, I want to do this next year. I want to stand up there and I want to deliver like a 45-minute talk on crystal healing and manifestation. And I think that Fern has, it's either Fern putting in a good word for me or I've just manifested this. I don't know which it is, but both are very, very excited, isn't it? So on my way back from London, I was saying to Jude, my life coach, and her business partner, Julie, about all the amazing opportunities that I've had this year. But just haven't gone anywhere because I've not followed them up. Like Vogue, Stella McCartney, Chanel. I was giving myself a bit of a pep talk on the train to, you know, reach back out to them to see how I can work with them again. Because all it takes is a simple email. Do you know what I mean? And they could turn around and be like, oh yeah, I forgot about him. He would be really good for this or really good for that. And before I'd even had chance to action that, guess what's happened? The lovely Joe at Stella McCartney has emailed me about a three-day training event that they're having in Milan, of all places, that they'd like me to do a talk about manifestation and crystal healing. This is just insane to me. So I told the universe that I wanted more opportunities and because I got specific and said, you know, I want them from Chanel, Stella McCartney, Vogue, it served me up within a couple of days. How unreal is that? So, I'm now even more ecstatic for 2024. I'm so excited to see what comes. But anyway, enough about me and my fangirl lifestyle. This week's episode, I am continuing with answering all of your burning questions. So, there is no time for any more chit chat because we've got so many to get through again. So, Michelle asked me, How do I manifest success? So, Michelle, manifesting success, I see it as being the same as manifesting pretty much anything else. Your thoughts dictate your actions and where your energy goes. So, you need to think about where you put your energy. So, if you're negatively thinking about the world or about yourself, what would change inside of you if you looked around and you wrote down five things that you're grateful for right now? So, your energy would change almost immediately. Okay. It could be that you have a cup of coffee or a roof over your head. Or it might even just be that you've got a friend that you can talk with. It doesn't have to be huge things that we're grateful for. But this is honestly one of the best ways to get you into vibrational alignment for greatness and success. So, you know, next time you pass a mirror, just look yourself in the eyes and say, I am enough and I am successful because I work hard. If you did that consistently for about a month, honestly, you would start to show up differently. And as a result you'd attract more success and more successful situations. So if you're struggling financially and you're trying to manifest success to counteract that, we need to stop feeling negatively about those situations that make us feel bad. If you're trying to manifest love in your life, we need to stop feeling sorry for ourselves and wallowing in our self-pity and our loneliness in our houses at night because once we connect with the feeling of being happy in our own space without the need for anyone else, that's when someone will come onto the scene. So set clear goals, like define what success means to you. Be specific about those goals, just like I was with Chanel and Vogue and Stella McCartney. Whether they're related to your career, your relationships, your health or personal growth, whatever success means to you, be specific about it. And then visualize that success. So picture yourself achieving those goals. Because visualization can really, really help you to program your subconscious mind. And it can really help you feel focused as well. And then just remember to repeat those positive affirmations related to your goals because that's going to reinforce your belief in achieving them. Affirmations like I am capable or I attract success effortlessly, they can really help you to shift your mindset. Just remember as well to break your goals down into smaller, actionable steps. Create that roadmap or a plan basically to achieve them. Taking that consistent action is going to be crucial for you because success often involves setbacks and challenges. So we need to stay committed and persistent even when faced with these obstacles. And then maintaining that positive attitude and practicing gratitude can really attract more positivity into your life. We just need to appreciate what you've got while striving for more. And then my last tip would probably be to engage with people who support your goals and basically inspire you. So when you surround yourself with positivity, that can really fuel your emotion. And it can also fuel your motivation, your dedication, and it'll really empower you as well but just be open to learning and adapting because sometimes the path to success, it might require adjustments. So we need to embrace that change and all those new opportunities. And then above everything else, just make sure that you take care of your mental and physical health. Practices, you know, like meditation, exercise, or any kind of hobbies that you have, they'll help you stay balanced and focused. So I hope that that helps you manifest success. Jane then asked, how often should we be cleaning our crystals? This is a great question and again it's one I get all the time on Instagram or email so it really all is down to you on how often you cleanse them and it just depends on you know what situation they've been in put it this way we all have baths and showers usually at the start and the end of our day because that's when we need cleansing but If you went outside and you rolled around in the mud, you're going to come back inside and you're going to have a shower, aren't you? You're you're not going to want to like wait until bedtime to have a shower. And the same can be said for crystals. It's when they need cleansing. So as a general rule of thumb, what I tend to do is I use the moon cycles as kind of you know my anchor to remind me to do mine because sometimes I'll think I've cleansed them and I can't remember when the last time actually was, and before I know it, months have probably passed, and then I'm being like, oh yeah, totally forgot about that. So I think to myself that if I do this every full moon or every new moon, that's every two weeks. And obviously with ones that I use every single day, such as my Moldavite or my crystal jewelry that I wear on my bracelets. I try to cleanse them every other day because they're constantly on my body protecting me. So they're constantly absorbing that energy from around me. But there are so many different ways that you can cleanse your crystals. So for example, you can use water. Some crystals can be cleansed by, you know, rinsing them in cool, clear water. However, not all crystals can handle water. That's my biggest caveat. Because it might damage them or it might dissolve certain ones such as selenite. If you've got an aura coated quartz, for example, don't go in the bath with it like I did because I had a red, it was like a ruby aura quartz when I first started all this, about two, three years ago. And I got in the bath with it. And when I woke up, because I do fall asleep in the bath, when I woke up, there was bits of red floating everywhere. I thought I was bleeding and it was just the aura coating from the quartz. But yeah, I love nothing more than taking my crystals down to the coast, giving them a little rinse over by the ocean. I just feel that it really, really supercharges them. Or you could even just, like, find a little gorgeous river, you know, whilst out on a dog walk. Hold your hands in the water with the crystals in the palm of your hand. Just let the water rush over them, and it just takes away all those impurities. Another great way and really, really easy way is sunlight or moonlight. Obviously not right now because it is snowing, Uh, but you can place your crystals under direct sunlight or direct moonlight for several hours or even overnight and the sun's energy can energize and cleanse the crystals. And then moonlight can also have a calming effect on those crystals. So I tend to put out, you know, amethyst, howlite, that kind of thing, because they have such a calming effect on the crystals and they are crystals that you would use to want to calm yourself down anyway. Someone in my manifest with mark group said that she left hers on her car dashboard So that they never had to worry about them getting wet in the rain. I thought this was quite a clever idea Sometimes, you know, I put tupperwares over the top of mine if I know it's going to be raining overnight Or I think one of my friends even has like a what they call like a cake cloche, you know, like off a cake Platter thing kind of thing and you just pull it up. It's like I'm not describing it very well But it's like a glass It's like a glass tub, basically, that's got a handle on the top. She puts hers under that, and that just protects it from the elements. You can also pass your crystals through smoke of, you know, burning sage, palo santo, or other cleansing herbs or incense, because the smoke is going to purify and clear out any negative energies attached to the crystals. Another great way is by using selenite or singing bowls because both of them produce such high vibrations that can then transfer into your crystal and cleanse it from the inside out. You can place your crystals on a selenite charging plate, on a selenite ruler, or just even around singing bowls whilst they're being played. And that's going to cleanse all that negative energy. Another great way, but I don't tend to like to do this one because I don't want holes in my garden everywhere. But, you know, you can bury your crystals in the earth for a day or more. And that method can help to ground and recharge them with the Earth's natural energy. The one reason I don't do this is not just because I'm quite garden proud, it's also because I'll be scared about burying it somewhere and then totally forgetting where I've actually buried it. Fran did this a while ago with a Moldavite. She was a bit scared of it, so she buried it in a plant pot and then couldn't find it she totally lost it. Um, Another great way, and it's a really, really simple way, is to hold your crystal in your hand and visualize a stream of pure cleansing energy flowing through it from your body. So just like a white light, and that's going to wash away any unwanted energies as well. What I will say is that, you know, Many people ask me how to cleanse their crystals seconds after placing an order with us. Never fear. Every single order that is placed from cannycrystals.co.uk comes with free cleansing care and usage instructions. I've got you covered. Don't worry. So I hope that that answers your question and helps you, Jane. My next message is from Pepstone Official. Don't know your name. Do apologize. That's your handle. And she said, can you manifest for someone else, i.e., can you manifest for a family member in need of help? This is a really, really good question, and it's one that, you know, everyone always asks it when I go to events and stuff like that. So, manifestation at its core involves your personal intentions, your beliefs, and your energy. So, although you can certainly wish the best for someone else and even support them in their goals... The process of manifestation typically revolves around your own thoughts, emotions, and desires. However, that said, I think personally that you can indirectly assist someone by, you know, creating a supportive environment or even offering encouragement and positive energy their way. For instance, you can visualize the person achieving their goals or receiving the help that they need that positive visualization can then contribute to creating basically a supportive atmosphere around them. I'm not saying it's going to move hella high ground, but it could change a certain situation. So if you do want to get involved, you can always share positive affirmations or words of encouragement with them. So your words can directly influence their mindset and it can support their journey. So we're not exactly manifesting for them, but we are elevating their mindset. So we're enabling them to know that, you know, anything is possible in life. And as well as all of this, your emotional support and belief in their success can also boost their confidence and determination. So if you think about a time when you felt crap about a certain situation and one of your friends, your family, or even a colleague has come up to you and give you a bit of a pep talk telling you that, you know, that you can do it. You're going to smash whatever it is that you're worried about. That emotional support and that belief from you can sometimes even lift other people up to new heights. So, when you surround yourself with positivity, whether through acts of kindness, supportive conversations, or even just creating that space, that's going to encourage growth and well being. So, To put it bluntly, no, I don't think you can directly manifest for someone else, but that's not to say that your energy, your support, and your positivity can significantly impact their journey and contribute to their success and well-being. Because ultimately, everyone has their own individual path. They've all got their own control over their own manifestations, but your support can serve as a powerful catalyst. So I hope that that helps you. Next up, we've got a question. I don't know your name either. I'm really, really sorry. It's from S-K-T-S-I-M-E. This How do we keep all crystals with us when we have too many of them? What crystals should we not keep together? So I've learned this the hard way over the last few years. And I spoke last week about my lovely little Labradorite owl. Probably jinxed myself because when I took it to London last week, I realized I've knocked one of its crystal eyes out in my pocket, walking around with other crystals clashing off it. So what I try to do is I select maybe, you know, two or three crystals to take with me for the rest of the day. And I mean, I'm saying this on paper, but, you know, in reality, people can hear me jiggling walking down the corridors at work because I always overfill my pockets with crystals. Because if I choose two or three That way, I'm not walking around with heavy pockets weighing us down. And I know some of my friends even put them down their bras. And when people buy tumble stones from my website, I always provide them in little organza bags. And this is just another way of being able to carry them around with you. Or you could put them on your desk, in your car, in your purse, in your bag. You could wear them as jewelry. The options really are limitless. If you're struggling for space for crystals, you know, around the house, maybe invest in some storage containers or shelves or a display case just specifically designed for crystals because keeping them organized also helps you access them easily and that's going to reduce the chances of damage as well. A couple of Christmases ago, Johnny bought me a storage box. It might have even been for my birthday. I can't remember. But I put all of my own personal tumble stones there and I've put them all in there color coordinated because I'm sad as fuck. So I've got all my reds together, all my oranges together, all my yellows together, and so on. And I don't think it was an expensive box either. I think it was maybe £10 or something. It was off Etsy. So maybe have a look at some crystal storage there. But in regards to your second part of the question, which was about which crystals to avoid keeping together... So there are a few different things here. So let's look at crystals with different properties. So some crystals might have, you know, conflict in energies or properties that can interfere with each other. For instance, combining crystals known for their cleansing properties with crystals that absorb negative energies, that might result in one crystal neutralizing the other's effects. Does that make sense? So the same would be evident if you tried to pair something like amethyst for carmen with a moldavite, which is full of high energy. It's like, it wouldn't know which end of the spectrum to go to. It's like, do I go calm? Do I go hyper? They're just going to neutralize each other's energies. So that's one thing to bear in mind. Crystals with different hardness levels can also scratch or damage each other if stored together. For example, keeping a soft crystal like selenite with a harder one, such as, you know, I'm trying to think of something, howlite, for example, it might cause scratches on the selenite or even cause it to crack or chip in places. So you just need to like bear that in mind. Honestly, sometimes I think you have to be the nutty professor to keep crystals because there is there is a lot to think about. I do appreciate that. But keep that in mind. Just think about different properties. Like you don't want them canceling each other out and different hardnesses of each stone as well. So I really hope that that helped you. Next up, Kate said, what crystals would you recommend for energy protection? So if you head to cannycrystals.co.uk and either in the search bar, type the word protection, or if you, from the menu, select the word shop, then click on buy category, you can choose protection from there. There are so many that can help you with this though. Like Some are even believed to create a shield against negative energies, which I absolutely love. My number one choice would be black tourmaline. It's known for its strong protective properties, and it's often used to repel and block negative energies. It's great for grounding and creating a protective barrier around ourselves. So I always have that. I've got a piece of that by my front door. I've got a piece in my car after someone smashed into me in March. And it's just a great way, you know, of like creating that protective shield around us. Next up is, I'm going to say this is like a protective crystal. Some people just see it as a common crystal, but amethyst is really good. So it not only purifies energies, but it also provides a protective shield against negativity. So it's often used for spiritual protection and enhancing intuition. And most people just think it is for common, but it's really, really good for protection too. The next on my list would be selenite. So selenite is known for its cleansing properties, but it can also create a shield against negativity. And it's great for maintaining that peaceful and calm environment as well. Next, I would say black obsidian. I think it's particularly effective in absorbing negative energies. Black crystals tend to be um, really good at absorbing. So black obsidian forms a shield against negativity, but it also promotes a sense of grounding and protection. And then I would say shungite as well, because shungite is, it basically neutralizes EMFs, which are electromagnetic frequencies. They are EMFs that come off, you know, your devices such as your phone, your laptop, your iPad, your TV. So Shungite provides protection against all of those. And then the last one I'd say for me personally would be Malachite because in ancient Egypt, the pharaohs even used to wear Malachite amulets and Malachite headdresses as protection pieces. And it was just believed, you know, that it would really, really help protect and guard them whilst they sat on the throne. But although these are my favorites, I'd say just experiment with different crystals to find the one that resonates best with you for your energy protection, because every single person is different. So like I say, head to the website, type the word protection in, and it will all come up there. Hope that that helped. Kelly said, what advice would you give someone who wants to become a life coach or a podcaster? Ooh, so I think there's two very different roles there. But How can I word this? So I think both becoming a life coach and starting a podcast they can be incredibly rewarding because it'll make you feel as though you're helping people, no matter which line of work you go down. So my life coach, Jude, for example, she has her own podcast, The Unbreakable Mindset Podcast, and that does really, really well with helping everyone in terms of mindset. But then she also has The Unbreakable Mindset Academy, where she trains up other life coaches with a proper certification as well. So I'd definitely check her out for more details. Her name is Jude Daunt. Uh, But yeah, for life coaching, I'd advise you, to identify your area of expertise for the specific demographic that you want to help. So specializing and niching down, that can make your coaching more targeted and more appealing to those potential clients. So for example, you might only want to work with, uh, let's say, women over 50, or you might only want to help people find love, and you might just want to be a love life coach. Just try and think about what your niche would be. What would give you the most joy to deliver to other people and to help other people out? And then I would say practice active listening because active listening comes hand in hand with both being a life coach and being a podcaster, having that empathy, having those communication skills. You could even consider, you know, trying to gain experience by offering free sessions or volunteering by helping people out. Establish a bit of a business plan, outlining your services, your pricing, your marketing strategies, and how you plan to attract clients. But I would say make use of free stuff as well, like utilizing social media. Create yourself a website. When I launched my website, I'm sure it was like £7 for the entire year. And that was just because I bought the domain. I think it was like 123reg.com, something like that. and um, It was £7 to create cannycrystals.co.uk. So I just thought, well, I'm going to buy it, obviously. I've now extended that for another 10 years. It's cheap as chips. I use Shopify as well. So if you use Shopify, I think Shopify is like £25 a month for the basic package. I think you can even get a free one. Create yourself a website, attend events, go to networking with communities that are related to your niche establish a strong online presence, because I think that that's crucial nowadays, especially because it's like, you know, if if we wanted a life coach or we wanted some other line of business, in the olden days, we would probably have to look it up in the phone book and then do a bit of research, give them a call. Now people go straight online. Google is people's first port of call. So establish that strong online pres- presence because it is crucial and it can really put you ahead of the game. And then for podcasting, I'd say define your audience and topic. So determine who your podcast is going to be for. Determine what topics you'll cover. Having a clear focus will really help you to attract and retain listeners as well. So it's like if you listen to the first few episodes of my podcast, it was a bit all over. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit shit. It's a bit cringe. It was just me talking absolute shite, talking about crystals, then talking about random shite again, then talking about manifestation, then talking about random shite again, so I'll give it a subtitle name of Manifestation, Mindset and Spirituality. So if you look at it on like any podcasting um, platforms now, it's called Canny Crystal's Manifestation, Mindset and Spirituality. And I did that so I know that everything I discuss on the pod has to fall under one of these subcategories or I don't talk about it. And yes, I know I've talked about London having allergies and stuff like that on today's episode, but that's because people say they like to hear what's going on in my life and it's like a little chat with a friend. So I like to keep those little five minute intros in. But yeah, people told me to invest in good microphones as well. And, you know, to invest in this thousand pound recording software and these editing tools when I first started. Although I think quality audio is crucial for a successful podcast, the microphone I bought was about 60 pound and I'm still using it today. This is the microphone that I'm using right now. Um, And I use some free software called Audacity to edit my podcast in. It's free. I'm not paying a thousand pound for it. So yeah, to set up my podcast was 60 quid. But I'd say to plan your episodes, incorporate storytelling, interviews with others, discussions that offer value, just things that are actually going to engage your audience. And overall, I said this on Emma Mumford's 300th episode the other week. Just remember, consistency is key. So stick to a regular schedule. Consistency, it will basically help us build that dedicated audience. So don't give up when you see that you've got 20 listeners one week and think, oh, well, not going to do it anymore. Don't give up. That's how I felt the very first week. I had 20 listeners or something the first week. Two years later, and I get over a thousand times that now yeah? Use social media, collaborate with other podcasters, ask for reviews and feedback, listen to your audience, use that active listening, because building a community around your podcast is essential. And then I'd say be patient and persistent, because growing an audience does take time. Stay persistent, learn from each episode, just keep improving, look at which episode performed the best and think, how can I adapt all of my other episodes around this? Look at your analytics, okay? Both paths, life coaching and podcasting, do require serious dedication and that perseverance and, you know, a genuine desire to help or entertain your audience. But through continuous learning, adapting and refining your approach based on feedback, that'll help you success in both realms. So really, really best of luck with it all. So that has brought us to the end of our little part two of the q and I hope that you enjoyed it. Please feel free to help me out if you have enjoyed it by leaving a rating or a review. Someone actually messaged us last week and said, I can't review. I don't know how to. So if you're listening on Spotify, type in Canny Crystals. And then once you're on the Canny Crystals page, press the three dots and press rate show. And you can rate it one to five stars, five being the best, obviously, one being the worst. And you can do the same on Apple Podcasts, on Audible, on Amazon, wherever you're listening. It takes a few seconds for you to do so, but it really, really does help me out in ways that you wouldn't believe. And the last thing I've got to mention is if you haven't already, please come and join me as well as most of my Manifest with Mark community in Joanna Hunter's million dollar experiment for just a one-off payment of £21, you will get access to 12 whole months Yes, you heard that right. £21 for 12 whole months of money mindset coaching. You'll also get exclusive podcast episodes, a million dollar plan, and you'll be held in a huge Facebook community with myself, Joanna, and many others. It starts on the 1st of January. It runs for 12 whole months, and the last time that Joanna ran this... One in 287 people actually became millionaires within that year. It's all based around mindset, intuition, meditation, subliminals, and so much more. But that is better odds than the lottery. And for 21 quid, it, I think it works out. It's it's 21 pound, but it's like $25 on the website. But it works out as 21 pound when it comes out your bank. It's probably the cost of a Chinese takeaway these days, let's be honest. Would you really want to pass this opportunity up to become a millionaire just so you can have some spring rolls? Doors are closing very, very soon. So if you haven't already, head to Crystals on Instagram, hit the link in my bio, and select the option that says 12 months money mindset coaching for £21. I'll also pop the link to this in the show notes below. So wherever you're listening to this episode, you'll see there's a bit of text underneath the episode. If you click read more, it'll be in there as well. But yeah, I'm so excited to see how many of us can become millionaires in 2024. I'm putting it out there. I'm going to be one of them just by using the sheer power that is inside of us. And that's it. In the meantime, I will see you all next Friday for another episode of Canny Crystals, the podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye.